All right, fams. We're going to jump into this. Well, God, we just say thank you that you're here. Thank you we're in our midst. God, we just say thank you for being a God who's just aware, a God who's with the brokenhearted, who saves those that are crushed in spirit. Just encourage you right now, just open your heart. It may already be wide open to him, but just tell God, my heart is open. Just like Samuel said, he said, speak, Lord, your son, your servant, he's listening. So God, we just want you to speak to us today. You know, this is something as your pastor that I want to assure you guys, if I'm going to preach, I'm going to be spending hours before God I'm going to be spending time on my face. I'm going to do my best to find what's on God's heart. And regardless if I want to share about it or not, I'm going to share. And this week, I wish I could have passed on this message, but I just feel the heart of God on it. And I just know that he wants us to talk about what the world's been talking about. Talk about George Floyd. Talk about just racial injustice, but also as the church to talk about the kingdom of God in the midst of this. Now, I've been a mess this week. Um, There's things that will grab your heartstrings in life. For me, orphans, father heart, just stuff of that nature will really mess me up. And God can ambush me at any time. I'll be watching something and next thing I know some tears are rolling down and But this week, you know, with stuff that I'm watching, stuff that I'm listening to, my heart's been hurting for what I'm seeing in our nation, what I'm seeing in the world. You know, and there's a valid reason right now that there is actually a magnifying glass, regardless, because there's some of you right now that are like, I don't really want to hear about any more of this. But there's a reason that there is a magnifying glass before this issue that the whole world would have to look at something that they may not want to look at right now. And the reality is this, guys, from the beginning of this book to the end of this book, God has always been with the hurting, with the oppressed, with the marginalized, with the down and out, with the underdog. This is who our God is. He has always been for these people. And when the people are crying, when the people have been crying out for a long time, God's heard every one of those cries, every one of those pleas. When you read the story in the Bible of God raising up a deliverer and Moses, it was because he said, I heard the cries of my people. And when God raises up a Dr. Martin Luther King to speak to a generation, there's a reason because people have been crying And there's a reason right now that there is a generation of people that are saying no more. No more of this. This isn't okay. And we as the people of God are going to have to take a stance and respond. And it's not enough for us just to go silent on the issue, to not talk about the issue, to push the issue off to the side. It's just not okay. You don't have to post about it. That doesn't mean that you don't care about it. But it's not okay for you to just try to ignore the whole thing and act like it's not there and hope it goes away. 
because Lord willing, it's not going away. You know, this is a church. I love the IVC family. You know that I love you guys. But if we're honest, most of us in this family are white. I'm half Mexican, but I don't even feel like fully half Mexican. I feel more white. But my mom came to the States at the age of seven. She's full Mexican, and I'm 100% half. Thank you, God, for math. (laughs) Come on. But as a white half Mexican... We got a lot to learn. We got a lot to learn. We don't understand. And if you're white, hear me, you will never fully understand. And I want to say this, guys, this isn't just a black issue. This is a human issue. This is an evil and good light and darkness issue. Ephesians 5, 9 says this. The kingdom of God consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom consists of love, of equality, of honor. If you're part of God's kingdom, then these things should matter to you. These things should tug on you. These things should be affecting you. God's kingdom is opposed to the hate, to the prejudice, to the injustice. There's literally a kingdom that's being ushered into the earth that's saying this stuff is not okay. And our God is a God who's gonna fight for this. Our God's a God who's gonna war against this. He's gonna raise people up that are gonna have a voice, that are gonna have a message. Because the heart of God is a heart of unity. That his church would be one. That the world would be one. Guys, it's not time for the church to ignore what's before us. And I understand, and I said it last week, you got to lean into discomfort in life. You can't avoid discomfort. You have to lean into it. We want to avoid things that are hard, but that's the invitation of God to get into something where he's at. This issue of racism... Systemic racism isn't a problem until you see it as a problem. Please hear that as loud as you can right now. A problem is never a problem until it's a problem to you. Do you know what I mean by that? You won't see it as a problem unless you really see it as a problem to you. Guys, I grew up white middle class. I don't think there was, there was one, I think, black family way up the street. I grew up in a broken home, most of you know that, so I had the, the house that the cops would always show up at, which is always weird in white middle-class neighborhoods. They're like, the cops are at your house. It's like, yeah, they're back. <clears throat> but when I was 15 and I was in the midst of all the brokenness, I knew I needed to get out at some level and have freedom. So I went and got myself a job. I have like one of those like stories, no, no snow in Southern California, but I skated two miles to work, you know, kind of one of those stories. You're just like, boy, I skated two miles to work. Um, but I did. <laughs> Sometimes I got picked up or dropped off. Um, 
<laughs> Good job, Jason. Um, but for 15 to 20, I worked at a company called Bio 101. I had grunt work, little jobs. But my boss was a black man. And the coworker next to me was a black man. And then there was two Asians, like ladies, they're about in their 50s, a Filipino guy in about his 50s, and then a bunch of, like a bunch, three to five more, like kind of white guys, uh, one gal and one Hispanic, um, who grew up in different neighborhoods than me. Those five years I would never trade because they taught me a lot about life, and I didn't even know Jesus at the time. But my boss, Anthony, he would share stuff with me stories, things that had happened to him because of his color. He would share out of anger sometimes, out of frustration. And at the time when you're young, especially my age, I was like 17, 16, I didn't understand. I did not understand. And when the Black Lives Matter hit the world, like, I don't even know how many years ago, five, seven years ago, I'm going to be honest, I still did not understand and in many ways, and I'm just being honest with you guys, in many ways, I'm just starting to understand. I'm just starting to understand. <laughs> I think the best preacher in the world is this guy named uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Guy's a freaking boss. Steve Ferg's right behind him. But Bishop's like 65, 70, just a big black guy. Um, but I was listening to this message he was sharing. Man, it messed me up because he talked about his son who was, I think, you know, we'll put him at around 20. I don't know. He was young at the time. And he gets in a car accident with a white person and they're in Dallas. And he calls up his dad and he tells his dad, I just got in a car accident. I'm okay. But the cops, I called the cops. They're coming on their way. The cops have been called. They're coming. And T.D. Jake's, his heart says, I need to stay on this phone call with my son right now because the cops are coming. As a white man, I don't understand that. I would never think like that in my mind. I'd be like, great, the cops are coming. They're gonna help sort this all. How are you feeling, son? How are you doing? What's going on? But what he's concerned about is, will my son stay on the line when the cops are there because I don't know what can happen. See, for most of us, that's not our reality. We don't understand that at all. And I pray in 20, 30, whatever years, nobody would understand that. Guys, everyone loves the story of the Good Samaritan. If you don't know it, there was this traveler who got like totally just ransacked, um, stripped of all of his clothing, beaten, left to die. And this good Samaritan comes, and he literally picks the guy up. Maybe the guy was unconscious. Takes him to a motel, pays for his motel, tells the guy, I'm going on a trip. If anything more, when I come back, I'll pay it all. He takes care of it all. He didn't even know the person, but he stopped to help the one. What's not often talked about in this story is before the good Samaritan, there was a priest and a Levite that literally just walked past, that didn't stop. They didn't care to stop. Why? Because that's uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable to stop. That's going to cause something in me to not like what's going on here. Guys, we in the church, 
And this hour, we cannot afford to walk past this anymore. Guys, they didn't stop because it was uncomfortable. They didn't want to look. They wanted to look away, pretend like it wasn't there. When it was right there, someone dying on the side of the street. Guys, to look at George Floyd in that video, that's so uncomfortable. To look at what happened to that Ahmad, uh, how do you say the last name? Arbery, that's uncomfortable. I mean, you watch these videos. I've watched them both one time. That's all I could take. They were both so much for me. I mean, I just like weep when I watch them. I'm like, are you kidding me? This stuff's happening right now? Like modern day lynching? I mean, (laughs) guys, it's so hard as a white person to even talk about this because I couldn't imagine my children watching their dad get ripped out of their home and go put up on a, a tree while they're all screaming because of what's happening to their father. That wasn't that long ago that this stuff was happening. And today there's still these modern day things that are happening like this. They might look exactly like that, but it's still an issue of going after people because they look different than us, talk different than us, think different than us. And I don't know about you guys, but how blacks have been treated in our society, if you know anything about black history, it's uncomfortable. That's why most people don't even want to know it. If you look even at the black church history, which I know just like a little because of Ariel. Anyone know Ariel here? Policeman at UCSB. He was at crew and stuff. He talked about the black church. He gave a sermon. If anyone wants it, I will give it to you. It's so heavy to hear. You're just like, are you kidding me? It's uncomfortable. Guys, I talked about the kingdom last week. Talked about Jesus and the kingdom, establishing more of that on earth. Guys, but if we want to align with the kingdom in this hour, we need to align with the black community. We need to align with them right now. Guys, we need to align with justice for all men, for equality for all men and women. This is what the kingdom looks like. It looks like us aligning with what God's aligning with in this hour. I'm not discrediting. You may have a heart for sex trafficking, abortion. All those stuffs are important. But in this hour, something's being highlighted in the earth for us to wake up to, for the church to see, to bring the solutions of God to it, to bring the heart of God and the prayers of God to it. Guys, the incarnation is the story of our God putting on flesh. Listen, our God put on flesh, why? To get into the mess, to not avoid the mess, to get into the discomfort, not avoid the discomfort, to face the pain, to get into the pain with us, to not avoid the pain. Guys, we're people of the incarnation. You're the hands and you're the feet of Jesus. We're the ones that get in on this stuff. This is the, this is the church's call. Guys, if we miss the mission of Jesus, we're gonna miss our own mission too. And you could spin it however you want. You can say it however you want. But 1 John 3, 8 says this. The son of God appeared for this purpose. We should probably pay attention. You have a Bible, you should be underlining this. 1 John 3, 8. The son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. This is what our God appeared for, to literally destroy evil. 
Don't be overcome by evil. Goodbye notes. But overcome evil with good. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm okay with that. This isn't a black people problem. This is my problem, and this is your problem too. Guys, when I was 13, my sister was five, riding bikes in the street on the asphalt. She flips off the front handlebars, does a face plant, all of her skin gone. She looks so nasty. I was like, whoa, what happened to my sister? Hands all messed up, blood everywhere. Do you think I just left her there in the street? Why? Because she's my sister. Because I have a responsibility to help her. The good Samaritan could have looked away, but he saw that problem as his problem. He saw that person as his neighbor. Guys, racism needs to be our problem. Every person you've ever seen or met is made in the image and the likeness of God. Which means we're all in this together. God so loved what? Not America, not just Christians. He loved the world. You remember the story of Cain killing Abel? If you don't, now you know. There's a guy, Cain, guy, Abel. Cain, Cain, Abel. But when it happened, God poses a question. He goes, Cain, aren't you your brother's keeper? Are you? Oh, no, 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 no. He actually says, where is Abel? Where is Abel? And Cain responds, am I my brother's keeper? Cain didn't want to take any responsibility for his brother. For the well-being of his brother. Things change when people start becoming your neighbor. Things change when people start becoming your kind. When people start becoming your family. You can't look at them the same. You can't handle them the same. Because they're part of you. They belong to you. When Jesus wanted us to understand, how do we live in this kingdom? He didn't pass out all these handouts. He didn't put up a flow chart. You go from here to here to here. A little Venn diagram, a little this, a little this, a little this. He literally set a child before them. He said, unless you become like this child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You want the kingdom? You want to experience what life is like with God? You want to be brought into this? You have to become like a child. And the great thing about children is this, guys. I got six. I've seen it all. Children don't see differences. It's beautiful. Children just love and children just play. And they just continue to love until they're told something different. But if they're not told something different, they don't know, so they just continue to just love whatever you look like, however you talk, because I just want to play and I just want to love. Sounds a lot like heaven, huh? I wrote my boss, Anthony, this week. I haven't reached out to him in over a decade. I said this, I said, Anthony, 
I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being such an example of a good man for me when I was younger. I never understood what it meant. I never understood what you meant through or what you went through, nor will I ever as a black man in our society. You used to allude to it from time to time, but I was pretty clueless as a white middle-class man. I just wanted to say thank you for being who you were and always accepting me as I was, knowing I was pretty sheltered in life from the stuff you were experiencing. Blessings and love, Jason. His response, no need to thank me. I appreciate you for the person you become. You're the best example of a good human being, believing in the higher power of God and showing your faith with your family. I've been through a lot as a person of color, but remember, you aren't responsible for other people's choices. Remember, as a white male, be proud and spread love for all colors. Racist people are being used to separate the masses. No one was born from a mother from a woman's womb. No one born from a, a woman's womb sees color, so it's impossible to be naturally racist. It's a learned behavior and can be unlearned. I appreciate the opportunity of being an elder for you and letting you be you. Peace to you and your family always. Bio 101 for life. <laughs> Love, Anthony. Guys, as we stand against this evil in our age, we have to remember, and I alluded to it last week too, but there is a larger narrative that's unfolding of God's kingdom. And part of that narrative is this, guys, and we can carry this hope through anything that you're going to, that justice is coming. That there's actually a day of judgment. A day, not days, one day of judgment where God will set everything that's wrong right. And at the end of the book, there's a man named Jesus and he's actually returning to the earth. Guys, the narrative that God's going to make all things new and take away all pain, take away all racism, take away all sexual stuff, that's a day that we can continue to live into as believers. Whatever you're carrying, there's a day that our God's going to return and set it all right and bring a new heaven and a new earth. And to think that racism at some level will go completely away, probably not. And I don't mean that in a discouraging way. It's just people are people. But if we can continue as the church to have the eyes of God, the heart of God, the messages of him, the voice of him, things are gonna continue to move in the right direction because at the increase of his government and his peace, what? There's no end. There is no end. This kingdom is moving forward in the earth right now. I believe what we're seeing, I'm not like condoning all the riots and all the looting and all that, but what we're seeing is God getting a hold of a world right now. I mean, Australia had the massive protest, London. I mean, people across the world are waking up to this isn't right. As a church, we should be saying this isn't right. This isn't God. Guys, but while we're here in the meantime, we get a partner with God, with the spirit of God and what he's doing, which is why there's a line throughout the Bible. He who has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And so I want to just get real practical on a few things here. 
something that we can do? Because sometimes we're like, well, what can I do? And I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list by any means. But for me, as a believer and as a shepherd, the first thing I'm going to call you guys to do is this. What is God saying to you? Don't ignore it. Don't shove it to the side. Don't push it. If stuff starts coming up in you, that's a good thing. But what is God saying to you? And listen. Listen for the voice of God. What is he saying to you? And to the best that you can, follow that voice. Second, pray. I know that just sounds so silly and sometimes like, does it matter? It matters a lot. I'm sorry for even pastors that have told you like, you shouldn't be praying, you should be going doing stuff. No, you should be praying. I mean, MLK, if you know his life, if you read anything, he was a man of prayer. He was a man who got on his knees and gave himself to prayer before they went into protests and other things. And I mean, he almost gave up multiple times if it wasn't for the voice of God in the place of prayer. <laughs> and I would encourage you to take steps to learn, read, watch, ask questions, educate yourself. That's on you. No one can do that for you. But you can educate yourself. You can read stuff. You can watch things. We just watched the movie Just Mercy. I mean, there's things out there right now. The movie 13th is a documentary. There's so much out there that you can start grabbing and sewing in. A little here, a little there. And then I want to give you permission, and you don't need it from me, but please, if you're mad, you're angry, you're sad, you're depressed, just feel it. Allow your stuff to fill that stuff. Don't push that stuff away. We suck as a culture of learning how to embrace emotions we don't want to feel. But if you need to lamb it, if you need to cry, if you need to cuss, do your thing and do it with God. God's a big boy. He can take your words. He's not like, oh, that hurt. It's okay. If you're angry, you're angry. If you're sad, you're sad. It's okay. That's part of the heart of God in touching these things. That's why the Psalms are beautiful in giving us permission just to fill, even to the point of like, I want revenge. And then David has to talk himself through it with God. Okay, I guess not. But a few Psalms he ends with like, dang, dude, you went off your rocker right there. You didn't redeem it. Oh, Jesus. All right, I think I'm going to land it. Micah 6.8, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. One more time, Micah 6.8, because this is a clarion call for us. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, make wrong things right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So God, we just thank you that, God, we overcome evil with good. And I just ask in Jesus' name, God, for our nation, for the nations, that you would continue to raise up a people, God, who are going to continue to do good, who are going to sow with your heart, God, who are going to love regardless. God, we are in need, and we just cry out, God, for the black community, God, we bless God, we acknowledge, God, we do not understand, most of us. We just don't. And God, I ask for myself, God, for this church, that we would not be a people who look away from hard things in life. 
But God, we would recognize we have the call of you to be your hands and your feet, God. We have taken your mission now that you're in heaven and living your life in us, God, to destroy the works of darkness. The son of man, the son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of darkness. We love you, God. Amen, amen. All right. I'm sorry. It's not a happy message today. But it needed to be said.